Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to r slash Petty Revenge, where people get little wins on others and the revenges are oh so satisfying. And in this episode, guys, it has everything. It's got entitled Karens, messy divorces, smug bosses getting ruined. It's gonna be a good one. I hope you enjoy the stories today. And as always, you can send or link your post to this email right here. Okay, so this story is my dad's. It's not mine. But he's no longer here to tell it. And honestly, he would tell it much better than me. But I'll give it a go. My dad was a master tile man back in the 60s to 90s in Florida. So how it worked back then, before cookie-cutter neighborhoods sucked the soul out of entire communities, is that each house was customized through the builder and contractor. The subcontractors, like tile, plumbing, electrical, etc., went through the contractor. My dad had a really good reputation as a craftsman, and some people asked for him directly. This particular home was being built by the owner, and he chose all of his subcontractors and acted as the contractor himself. Since my dad had all the discounts, he purchased the tile himself, and then built it back out with the labor after the job was completed. The funny thing though, is the owner wasn't in any hurry to pay up after the jobs were done. So liens were filed, and other legal action was threatened by my father and the other subs. And that's when my dad finally had enough, so he decides to take matters into his own hands. The owner's wife, who may or may not have known about the bills not being paid, had asked my dad to come over to reseal some tile in the master bathroom. Kind of nervy if you ask me, but dad showed up. Only, he didn't have a bucket of sealant with him. My dad showed up with a hammer and a chisel. Since he had paid for the tile, he figured it was his, and he starts chiseling it out piece by piece. He knew he'd eat the cost of the tile, but he didn't care. When the woman found out, she called her husband, who wisely stayed away. The mess made the bathroom completely unusable, of course. But the pettiest part is he'd already put the word out that the guy didn't pay his bills. And believe me, my dad knew everyone in the construction business back then. The guy couldn't get anyone to come in to redo the bathroom. So the guy had to eat a big helping of humble pie, show up with a check for the full amount owed, plus materials for the new work. And dad's price per square foot went way up. Christmas was really good that year. Guys, some people really do need to learn the hard way. And in this case, paying more than double the amount for a bathroom tile job was the a-hole tax for trying to screw over OP's dad. And seriously, one thing I've learned from reading posts like this, guys, is never mess with tradespeople. A lot of them are great people, and most know exactly how to mess up your day if you get on their bad side. So this happened in my early 20s, and I just thought of it today. One fine weekday night, I had gone out with a few friends for a few drinks. We had a favorite kebab shop that we liked to frequent after these kinds of nights, and we were friendly with the staff and the food was great. We went outside for a smoke while the food was being made. And while we're chatting, this big, shaven-headed dude just appeared in the middle of us and he tries to grab my arm. At that, I jumped back, stumbled into my friends and flailed him away. And that's when he starts roaring some crap saying that I'm no good as anything but a slave. That he wanted to follow me home, beat me, assault me, and then kill me before spitting on me. 
It was just so effing sudden and just very shocking and scary. We all then went inside when a member of staff who heard the commotion and saw me upset comes out and got him to leave eventually, after a fair bit of abuse. Now, none of us were hurt, but I was pretty shook and more than a bit paranoid of seeing him around town for weeks. The pure rage in him towards me and everyone was genuinely frightening. So fast forward a few months and I've just finished work at a late bar. There was a 24-hour cafe around the corner that I used to go for tea and a toasted sandwich to take home because I don't want to cook at 3am. In the middle of this cafe, there was a bunch of couches and tables where people used to go and play D&D during the day. And those couches were really comfy. Lo and behold, the man from before was there, stinking of drinks and cigarettes, and the guy was passed right out. This wasn't unusual to see here because after a certain time of night, when there were so few around, the single staff member just didn't care if people napped on the couches. They didn't like confrontation anyway. I recognized him immediately, and that's when an evil petty plan formed. Now, I'm no artist, but I'm pretty crafty, and I always have something in my backpack. And what I had that day was a dropper of the most obnoxious, iridescent, unicorn-esque liquid glitter, and a few small tubs of the finest cosmetic glitter around in various colors. I then wait for my moment and made my approach. I dropped a tiny drip from my dropper on his head after warming it in my hand as I passed him to see how deep asleep the guy was, and the guy was out cold. So I went to town. I did a spiral of the liquid all over his stubbly dome, almost dying with fright as the guy rubs his head at one point, but to my glee, he just spread it all over his face, while the liquid was still tacky. I then gently dumped the fine glitter all over it, knowing it would set. And he was beautiful, glorious even, like a clown after Christmas tree and birthed a sparkly a-hole baby. The barista, who I was quite friendly with, just watched, smirking. He did ask me what the F I was doing afterwards, but when I explained myself, he just laughed and said, Oh yeah, that guy's always such an a-hole, I see nothing. Play stupid games, win sparkly prizes. I guess in this case, guys, revenge is best served glittery. And reading this post, I was a little bit concerned about the guy waking up and getting all aggressive, confronting the barista, demanding to know who did it. But Opie does pop into the comments saying that the guy just woke up, stumbled out of the cafe, looking fabulous, though. I'm American, but I've lived in Brazil for four years. My husband's from Sao Paulo, but we live in Rio. We had spent a long weekend in Sao Paulo. I was heading back to Rio alone on the bus since I had to get back to work and he was going to spend a few more days with his family. It's about a six-hour trip on a big comfy coach bus with movies and stuff, so it wasn't bad at all. So as I'm waiting to give my suitcase to the driver to put in the luggage carriers under the bus, a woman in her 40s or so and her father maybe 60s blatantly cut in front of me to give their stuff first. I politely tried to step back around them, figuring maybe they didn't see me, but they made it so obvious that they did in the way they stood side by side to block me and avoided eye contact. I'm thinking, whatever, we had assigned seats, so go ahead. But I was mad at how rude they were. I had paid for a first-class bus ticket, which is a smaller section in the front where you get a seat that reclines all the way. It also includes a snack box, a blanket, a pillow, and a personal movie screen. And then there's the regular section. It's got a shared movie screen and your regular coach bus seats, which is smaller and more cramped. There were 12 seats or so in the first class section. Halfway through the trip, there's a stop to buy a snack and use the restroom, so I take my half hour break to do that and walk around and come back to the bus to find the same lady and her dad in my seat and the one next to it, reclined, 
and the dad was under my blanket. I was steaming at this. I wanted to confront them, but I didn't want to cause an issue the rest of the way. Cue the petty revenge. Now, there's stories of people hopping on buses, sometimes to rob people without tickets. So they count passengers, but they don't check tickets often. I went to the back of the bus pretending to get some water. But I saw a lady counting people, and that's when I said to her quietly, Hey, I'm sitting up front, and there's two people there that I didn't see before. They definitely weren't in those seats before the stop. I just want to make sure the bus is safe. Hearing me say that, she did look alarmed, and that's when she asked all the first-class people for their tickets, including me, to not rat me out. She then saw the woman and her dad with regular tickets and said, Hey, your seats are back there. You can't sit here. You have to move. And that's when the lady argues and says, These seats are empty. Back there is crowded and cramped. The ticket lady then tells her, If you want to go to the booth outside and pay for first class tickets, you can. But the bus is leaving in a couple of minutes, so you're going to have to hurry. The bitchy lady argued more, but the ticket lady stood firm saying, These people paid more for their tickets. It's not fair for you to not pay and get the same seats. With that, they stormed back to their section, and I took my seat back and got a new blanket. Honestly guys, it would have been better if they got kicked off the bus, but it's always a win when entitled people don't get what they want, right? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So this is a story of my friend who I'll call Fred. He's been married for 20 years. The guy takes his wife to an anniversary dinner at an upscale restaurant, whereupon she informs him that she wants a divorce. This was typical behavior for her. Instead of waiting for a more appropriate time to break the news, she decides to do it in the middle of a fancy dinner, where lots of people would witness Fred's dismay and embarrassment. Always a lot of drama with her. A self-entitled spoiled brat is what she was. Fred took it rather well though. They weren't getting along and found out later that she was having an affair. He did multiple things to attempt to make the divorce easy though. Including creating a complete itemized inventory list of all belongings, made her a copy, and then asked that she check off what she wanted. It started out acrimonious, but soon it became the divorce from hell. She wanted everything. Her demands became more and more ludicrous, and the attorney fees kept increasing, so eventually he caved in and agreed to her every demand. Fast forward 18 months later, the divorce is finalized. During this time, Fred met another woman. They get married shortly after the divorce is done. The ex-wife shows up one day, and she's in tears. The man who she left Fred for has dumped her. So Fred and his new wife are gracious, and they console her. Fred's a nice guy, and he's polite during this, but he's harboring a lot of resentment. 
This starts a weird relationship. The ex-wife starts calling Fred and the new wife just to talk, and she would even drop by on occasion. During one phone call in which she asked to borrow some money, Fred brings up the burial plots he had purchased when they were married. He then offers to buy her plot instead of loaning her money because he knew she would never pay it back anyways. She agrees, but she demands a crazy number like $20,000 for the plot. Fred is livid. He's had enough of her. So cue the petty revenge. Fred stewed on this for a while, and then an opportunity came along. The stepfather of the ex-wife died unexpectedly. The ex despised him more than anything. Fred liked him, though. He even went to the funeral. When speaking with the other family members, he learned that there was no pre-planned funeral arrangements and money was tight. That's when Fred steps up and he donates his plot for the burial. This is the plot that's right beside her burial plot. The one that she wanted to sell Fred, which he already paid for. Since she refused to attend the funeral, she doesn't yet know about Fred's generosity. Now it's a waiting game. One day, she'll find out, and Fred grins like a baby who just crapped his diaper every time he tells of his deed. Guys, I think Fred might be my new hero, because this is the kind of petty revenges I love. The ones where people play the long game to get back at someone they do not like. So, there is an update though. Opie comes back and says, So Fred's ex finally found out. Somebody told her. Doesn't matter who. She proceeds to call him, ranting and raving like the crazy woman she is. Fred told her to suck it up though, and she threatened to sue. That's when Fred said, go ahead and try. That's when she blasted him on her Facebook account. Now I didn't read them, but it's my understanding that the responses from her friends were not exactly what she hoped for, and she eventually deleted it. She has now decided that perhaps she should sell her plot to Fred after all, and Fred told her he wasn't interested anymore. He'd already bought two new plots for him and his current wife, and she went ballistic. She even demanded that Fred have the body of her dead ex-stepfather dug up and buried somewhere else. Fred said only his ex-stepfather's family had the authority to do that, and they do not like her. Fred's having a great time telling everyone his tale of petty revenge. It took him a couple of years to achieve it. He even goes as far as to say that this was the best thing that his ex-wife has ever done for him. If you're wondering, Fred's in his late 60s, he's about to retire, he's financially successful, and his kids are grown, and he's a proud grandfather. His kids are staying out of it, although one of them confided that they were on dad's side. Oh, and his current wife loves the hell out of him. Life is good for Fred. Yeah, so it sounds to me like that nasty wife made a grave mistake messing with Fred, guys. I'm sorry, I had to. Like, the thought of her being side by side with the person she hates so much makes me smile, guys. What an awesome petty revenge. And what's even more awesome is Fred is living his best life, and this person shares their comment and says, So after dealing with my husband cheating on me and loudly disrespecting me for two years, I finally left him four months ago. He assumed no responsibility for the bills, and I had to sell the house and his truck by myself. When I left him, there was also a $400 phone bill in both of our names. I ended up just paying the overdue bill a few months ago under the stipulation that my ex-husband gives me $200 for his share. He did give me $90, but then he laughs at me for expecting him to pay me the other $110, stating that it's not his problem and he doesn't owe me anything. So about a week ago, I go into the store of my current cell phone provider, and I learn that I'm paying twice as much as I should be paying for a phone service because I'm still being charged 40 bucks a month from my ex-husband's phone. There's still $800 owed on it. 
I learned the remaining balance wasn't transferred over when he switched his phone number to his own account because he failed to sign the required paperwork. I explained the situation to my ex-husband and he was more than willing to join a conference call with me and customer service to get the remaining balance transferred to his own account. We had spent approximately 20 minutes on the phone before my ex-husband tells the customer service woman that he's making payments on his own phone through his own account, that he doesn't have a clue what I'm talking about, and whatever I've called to inquire about is clearly not even his business, and then he hangs up. So today, I spoke with customer service again, and I learned that I technically own my ex-husband's phone since it's in my name. So I make a police report, reported the phone is stolen, and now it's flagged and shut off. I win. Guys, it is the small wins on people like this that make me smile. I would have loved to have seen his face when he found out his phone just became a paperweight. So my bookkeeper reminded me of this now that she's retiring. I had forgotten how she came to work for us. She's been our mother hen and office fixture for so long that I forgot. Close to 25 years ago, I was estimating and quoting a metal working job about 100 miles away from my home and shop. The owner was berating a fairly young bookkeeper about how a computer glitch was her fault and using completely inappropriate language. When we went to the job sites, he explained how she only had a local college degree in bookkeeping and business, and if he didn't keep her on the back foot, she would want a raise and benefits, and then he mentioned that she had to keep the job because she was a single mother. We were there to cut steel and install it, so I saw the girl cry, work through lunch, be the last one to leave her department, etc. I talked it over with my then-girlfriend, who's my now-wife about poaching this trained girl since we desperately needed a resident bookkeeper. Like, we needed one five years ago. But if I did it, it would burn bridges with a customer. We had serious issues with taxes and compliance at the time. My girlfriend went to the job site with me, sat down with this young lady, and slipped her a business card, not knowing if she would want to move from the city to the country. She had worked there five years, got no raises, no benefits in five years, desperately wanted another job, but she knew the boss slash owner would kill her job reference since she saw him do it before. My wife rented her a little place for cheap. She started with us and untangled the last three years of mess in about three months. For the first time ever, monthly reports were on time and even the tax paperwork was done on time. She even managed to talk the IRS out of most of the fines and penalties. She quickly became my girl Friday, since she killed problems in minutes that had plagued me for years. It's because she had actual education and experience, along with being sharp as a tack. She met her husband here, had her wedding here, they built a house here, had two more kids here, and spent 25 years working here, where I appointed her high grand pooba of the office, killer of paperwork dragons. She and my wife have become great friends since they both lived city lives at one point and we're all country folk. Although I kept a professional distance, I was quite surprised when she broke down in tears at her retirement get-together saying that she owed her entire life to us. I told her no she doesn't, I was more than willing to throw money at the paperwork monsters to get the tax slash compliance people off my ass. She saved the company. She was a model employee, wonderful wife, great mom, and all around a good person. She doesn't owe us anything, she earned everything she worked hard for. It's my good fortune to have been in the right place at the right time, and the right time in her life. I'm sure with her intelligence, willingness to work and learn, she would have done well once she got away from that a-hole. So the revenge. 
I knew the customer I poached her from, got into all kinds of tax, employee pay, and state-slash-federal regulation problems about six months after she left. But I just found out when working with the state and federal tax people that she leaked his shady dealings. When we dealt with labor relations people, she leaked his shady dealings and so on. She knew exactly where to point the investigators, and they didn't disappoint. I've seen her use the innocence, oh, but my last employer did it this way, or my boss is going to be very angry I messed this up, when talking the people out of fines or penalties from back when she didn't even work here. So thinking about it, I know how she worked it in a conversation without actually snitching. And they ran off, foaming at the mouth and left us alone. She's a sly girl, but she's our sly girl. The guy lost the company inside of 18 months of her being here, and it's still there and producing, just under an entirely new owner and management. Don't screw with people cooking your books. Guys, what a fantastic story and such a wholesome revenge. I love that the idiot lost his business after Opie stole her. And guys, what makes it even better is Opie and his wife treated her with kindness, and they made her life much, much better. Honestly, I only wish there were more business owners like Opie. You know what they say, people don't quit jobs, they quit bad bosses. And honestly, just the way that Opie talks about her in this post, he appreciates her so much that it must have been hard for her to retire. I know I would have a hard time. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash petty revenge. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's stories. If you did, hit that thumbs up. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, it's an r slash I don't work here lady episode, where a psycho Karen accuses Opie of attacking her. When OP won't serve her, it's such a crazy story. So go check it out if you haven't. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.